Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she... kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch the NFL playoffs like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Sticks podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us are bringing the knowledge from a career as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. We'll break down film from the professional and college game to get you ready for the Super Bowl, the draft, and kickoff next fall. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Drake has withdrawn himself from consideration for the 2022 Grammys. Chris Knopf spoke out about the rift between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. And we're talking with BuzzFeed's Kayla Yandoli about the recent Beatles documentary and how Yoko Ono did not, in fact, break up the band. It's December 7th, 2021. Hi, friends. I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. You know what? I was going to apologize for my voice. And no, you know what? Actually, it is bad. You guys, I'm sick. Everyone, I'm sick. <laughs> I got sick again. <laughs> I thought maybe I sounded normal. I went out into the world and I came back with a cold mistake. My first mistake is going back out into the world. You guys, I took three COVID tests. I don't have COVID. I just have a cold. It's miserable. Our audio producer, Dan, was no help to me. He told me to take tequila shots and lick the New York subway. Um, so that's where we're at. Shiloh, if you have any other recommendations for me. Yeah, don't go outside. <laughs> yeah, okay. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So to kick things off, Drake just made Grammy's history by withdrawing himself for consideration the day voting was set to begin. A month after his song, Way Too Sexy, earned a Best Rap Performance nomination and Certified Lover Boy was nominated for Best Rap Album, Drake requested both nominations be pulled. The Recording Academy complied, and so far neither they nor Drake have offered an explanation for the move. You know, this isn't totally surprising because Drake has had a lot of drama with the Grammys uh, the past few years, you know, with not attending and refusing to perform. But this is completely different. You know, this is a little bit extreme of actually not even wanting to be nominated. 
And you know what? I didn't I didn't think Drake was going to be the first person to do this, but I actually like freaking love it because the way I feel about Grammys is the same way I feel about the Golden Globes. Uh, and that it's like, I feel like it's a bunch of white people voting about things that don't necessarily relate to them. And I mean, it didn't start last year, but in 2020, Drake was really upset that the weekends after hours did not receive any nominations. And then on Instagram, he posted, quote, I think we should stop allowing ourselves to be shocked every year by the disconnect between impactful music and these awards and just accept that what once was the highest form of recognition may no longer matter to the artists that exist now and the ones that come after. Yeah, I think about Jay-Z and Beyonce and how they both have like received a ton of nominations, but have hardly ever won. And so, you know, they even like talked about that in a song. So it's not like this is an uncommon feeling, but curious to see, you know, this is unprecedented. So I wonder if this is like the start of something new. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, why'd you say that, Shyla? I'm going to be singing High School Musical the rest of the day. It's a reason that, like, that's the best song. <laughs> was High School Musical ever voted nominated for a Grammy? Because if no, not, that then... was That was strike one. That was strike <laughs> that one. Was strike one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In other news, Chris Noth recently weighed in on the feud between his Sex and the City co-stars, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall, and it seems he's on Sarah's side. He told The Guardian, quote, I have to tell you, I have absolutely no idea what Kim's thinking is or her emotions. I do know that I'm very close with SJ and Kim's descriptions of her don't even come close. He also said, quote, I liked Kim. I thought she was marvelous in the show and some people move on for their own reasons. I don't know what hers were. I just wish that the whole thing had never happened because it was sad and uncomfortable. I mean, I, mean sh- <laughs> I was I don't even know why I started talking because I was going to be like, Shiloh, you take the wheel. All I care about is what you have to say about this. I wish he would have been quiet. Like, I mean, I, I'm all here for, you know, a little bit of drama and like, I'm so excited for the reboot and I'm, you know, a little discouraged and like sad that, you know, Kim's not going to be in it. But at the same time, this is like self-preservation and she's made it very clear that the show was a toxic environment for her and she didn't want to be a part of it. And she felt that way during the show. She also did two movies with them. And I feel like that was enough of her being a team player. And I'm sure she never thought that the show would be rebooted because that just became a thing that people started doing recently but Chris I really don't like what he said about like oh well she's never been that way with me (laughs) Um, (laughs) because it's like okay well you guys are really close friends and that doesn't mean that Sarah Jessica Parker couldn't have been a different way with Kim Cattrall so I don't know I'm I'm happy for Kim she's been cast in a couple of new things recently and like I said sad she's not going to be on the show but good for her for getting the distance that she needs to do whatever she needs to do yeah overall I was just like I I agree with you in that I was like I was like wait be quiet because this feels like bullying like this just felt like it just felt like a step too far and it feels like you're all like like really jumping on this one person and I'm like I don't know the history here and that's that's right considering I love drama so the fact (laughs) that I'm like too much drama you know like haven't we moved forward like we're getting the reboot he's in it they're not killing off his character like right say less (laughs) yeah (laughs) All right, so a few weeks ago, the new Beatles documentary Get Back premiered on Disney+. Plus. The series follows the band near the end of their joint career as they try and write a new album. But more than that, it's an illuminating portrayal of their dysfunctional dynamic, which pushes back on the infamous narrative that Yoko Ono was responsible for the band breaking up. Today, we're joined by BuzzFeed's Kayla Yandoli, who's going to help explain how Yoko did not break up the Beatles. Hi, Kayla. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. So we're so excited to have you today because we know you love this documentary so much. (laughs) I have many thoughts about this documentary and I'm very excited to talk to you guys about it. So you recently wrote a piece for BuzzFeed about the Beatles, specifically the narrative that Yoko Ono was the reason the band broke up. But before we get into that, what is your relationship with the Beatles? Like, would you consider yourself a super fan of them? Um, I definitely am a fan. I'm not like a Beatlemania expert. I don't know the lyrics to every single song, but I did grow up listening to them. Um, my cousins introduced me to their music. The, me and my cousin and my brother would listen to the Beatles one CD over and over again. And we started our own rock group in elementary school, obviously (laughs) didn't go anywhere. Um, but it was still fun. And I've been lucky enough to see Paul McCartney in concert, Ringo Starr in concert. Um, so their music always feels like home to me. I will say, Mm -hmm. I do love the Beatles a lot, but I don't believe that they're the end-all, be-all of music. Like they, they aren't the greatest. Uh, someone has to say it. Someone has to say it, and um, and I believe that, too. I get a lot of hate for saying it, and it's not me negating their impact on the musical world or pop culture or anything like that, but, you know, they they had musical influences of their own, and they wanted to be like Elvis and Chuck Berry and Carol King. So I think that's also important to note. But I do like them. I do like them. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple of weeks ago, the new Beatles documentary series Get Back premiered on Disney+. Plus. Did you watch all eight hours of it? And what was your biggest takeaway? I did watch all eight hours of it. And to those who are listening who haven't watched it yet, definitely spread it out because it is a lot of information to digest. (laughs) I did it all in one weekend. So I watched the whole thing. I really enjoyed it because the... They originally released a documentary in 1970 called Let It Be, which followed the same uh, narrative, their last recordings before they disbanded. And that documentary was only an hour and a half, so it wasn't eight hours, so there was a lot we didn't see. And I just loved watching the band writing new songs that would become like number one hits. I liked watching them argue with each other because it was a real look Mm -hmm. inside how they worked with each other, especially by that point in 1969. I liked seeing all the people that would come in and sit in during their recording sessions. It wasn't just Yoko Ono. Paul McCartney's (laughs) girlfriend was there. Ringo Starr's wife was there. A bunch of siblings kids, friends. So it was just a really interesting look and how they were working together by the end of their run. So now I want to get into the Yoko of it all. Can you explain the narrative surrounding the band's breakup and Yoko's involvement? Yeah, sure. So I don't know. I have so many feelings, Um, but I I will stick to facts too. So ever since Yoko came into the picture, which was around 1967, 68. So that was around the time John Lennon got divorced from his first wife, Cynthia. So ever since Yoko just came into the picture in general, a lot of Beatlemania fans and journalists alike didn't like her and it was very easy to place the blame on Yoko breaking up the Beatles once she entered John's life around the late 60s. I think mainly because it's easier to place the blame on a woman, especially a woman who is not white and not placing the blame on the men involved in the band who broke up the band. Um, So the narrative all of these decades later 
has been that Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles and she controlled John Lennon's voice and personality and all these other things. But what I loved about the documentary and what I wrote in the article, it was kind of cheeky. It was that all the reasons that Yoko broke up the Beatles and it was the proof. It was just like her sitting quietly in the corner, reading a newspaper or knitting or just uh, patting John's head or something. She was just very quiet and supportive and she was there during the whole recording session, but she didn't break up the Beatles. And, you know, all of these decades later, no matter what interview she's done from 1971 until 2009 on The View with Barbara Walters, they would ask her, are you happy that the Beatles broke up? And Yoko would say, you know, no, they were a great band. But by that point, they were together for 10 years and they grew up a whole lot. And they wanted to explore their personalities and delve into new creative outlets and the Beatles were holding them back as individuals. So I think the public couldn't accept that about John Lennon. So they just easily placed the blame on a woman. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. So I want to know, like, where did this narrative come from? Like, was it from the media? And then how much do you think that misogyny and xenophobia played into how this story was shaped? Like, 100%, first of all. It came from the fans, but it also did come from the media. There is another documentary that was released in 2019 called John and Yoko Above Us, Only Sky, which followed them recording John Lennon's album Imagine. And in the documentary, there is a journalist who was quoted as saying, he was describing Yoko coming into the scene, and he was described as saying, oh, you know, us Brits, us in England, you know, at that point, there was only two things we really loved and could agree on. It was the Queen and it was the Beatles. And then when this woman came into John's life, you know, she was taking away John, she was taking away the Beatles. So I think the media definitely had a heavy influence on blaming everything on Yoko. And then fans alike followed along. And unfortunately, it is still a narrative that people believe in and fall into. I went to Twitter immediately after finishing the documentary because I wanted to see what people were thinking. And a lot of people were making jokes that Yoko broke up the band when she was reading a newspaper. And then there were a lot of other fans of the Beatles who were really mad that Yoko was in on every session and still blaming her for disbanding uh, the group when you know, the Beatles broke up the Beatles. So I think it definitely came from the media, but also fans played a huge part in it as well. All right. We'll be right back with more from Kayla Yandoli. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. 
Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. We controlled the courts. We controlled absolutely everything. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free. Until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. From my perspective, Bob was too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with this. I wouldn't trust that guy. He looks like a little scumbag liar, stool pigeon. He looked like what he was, a rat. I can say with all certainty, I think he's a hero because he didn't have to do what he did, and he did it anyway. The moment I put the wire on the first time, my life was over. If it ever got out, they would kill me in a heartbeat. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed's Kaylee Andoli about how Yoko Ono did not actually break up the Beatles. Now, in the last few years, people have finally started to push back against the idea that this was all of Yoko's fault, like you mentioned. But what do you think has recently changed that is starting to really, you know, evolve the narrative? I think the Me Too movement has had a huge part in a lot of uh, famous women's stories the past few years. So it doesn't just trickle into TV and film. It also trickles into the music world, a lot of other pop culture aspects, and also personal lives as well. And I think this falls under that umbrella. And also, I really think Britney Spears' story, when that documentary came out earlier this year, has just allowed people to analyze how women especially famous women, have been treated in media by fans. So once the Britney Spears documentary was released, a lot of people talked about the Janet Jackson narrative with Justin Timberlake at the uh, Super Bowl in 2004. And I think that was the gateway into viewing women differently. And I think Yoko Ono definitely falls under that umbrella. It's realizing, oh, you know, men should be held accountable for actions they've done instead of... um, women who were completely innocent in 99.9% of these situations. (laughs) And I think the Me Too movement had a really big part in that. And I really hope that this documentary sticks with people and disbands that narrative and really makes people realize one person did not break up this big group. It was so many other elements. It was, it was the four men you know? Um, so I think that made space for people to realize, Oh, it wasn't Yoko's fault. Like let's, let's move on with it. That was going to be my question is, I mean, why do people still care? I mean, I get it. They're the Beatles. They're huge. And like, I mean, I don't want Yoko Ono to still have this blame after half a century. And I'm glad that, you know, we're finally having this conversation. But at the same time, thinking about what people are saying on Twitter and like the reaction to the documentary, it's like, why are we still like, why are we still talking about this? I guess that's my question. You know, I think maybe the easy answer is that people love drama. They just love (laughs) controversy, especially drama when it comes to celebrities and a big band like the Beatles. That's really my biggest takeaway. I mean, I've talked about this documentary a lot with people my own age and even 
my aunts and uncles who are baby boomers and they have so many strong feelings about it. And I think it just is something that will never go away. It's such a big part of pop culture history. When you had said like, oh, I think like the simple answer is that people like drama. My first thought was, oh, I think it's because people like simple jokes. Like, you know, like it's such a basic joke. Like, okay, you have, you have no clue what to say in a room full of people. An easy joke is just like saying like, Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles, you know, like and just shout it and like, that's it. But like you're saying, I feel like these newer generations are like, okay, well, that's let's come up with a different joke now. Um, but yeah, that's totally it. Again, like just wanting to be included in on the joke because it's such a universal thing, quote unquote, to agree on Yoko breaking up the Beatles. But you know, I mean, I, I really hope some baby boomers minds have changed after watching this documentary, but it's also kind of hard to see that happening. <laughs> okay so you had mentioned you know what yoko ono has said in interviews but has she said anything herself about this documentary she i mean that was the first thing i went to look for on twitter mm. because i'm like she tweets a lot of philosophical things and quotes and art so i'm like she has to have said something about this um she retweeted an Uproxx article that was titled Beatles fans think get back to spells idea that Yoko broke the band up, which I thought was amazing. So she obviously <laughs> is aware of what's going on. She was an executive producer on the documentary. So, I mean, she said it without actually saying something. So I right. think that's powerful in itself. That seems very on brand. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. It's almost like her multimedia art, you know, coming to life on Twitter. So I think, you know, she said a lot by doing that. I don't know if she's done actual interviews. I hope she does interviews in 2022 because I think people will be talking about this still in the new year and we'll just maybe unravel a lot more stories about women in music and how they've been mistreated because I think that's just something we need to tackle. Yeah, because I'd like to watch a bunch of documentaries on her and, you know, find out more about her as a person than not right, just as exactly, this and not person just, that right, yes. <laughs> did not break up the Beatles. Right, and, like, she wasn't just John Lennon's wife. She was a great artist in her own right. So I would love to see 10 documentaries on Yoko Ono. <laughs> yes, Disney Plus, do that next. <laughs> All right, Kayla, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great. Thanks for the invite. I love chatting with you guys. Thank you so much. All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, stop bullying Kim Cattrall. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed coming to you daily. You've always had the feeling that there's something strange about reality. According to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, there is. On the show, hosts Robert Lamb and Joe McCormick examine neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and much more. Prosthetics are true testaments to not only human craftsmanship and ingenuity, but also to the plasticity of the human brain. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. 
I'm Dr. Laurie Santos. In the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So listen to The Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.